Welcome to Jetcetra. This is the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined in my office today at the Winnipeg Free Press by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Mike is sitting way across the room on one of my, on my couch. I have a couch in my office. Well over six feet between us at hey. this point. This is about nine, ten feet, I'd say. Uh, yeah, sure. I can move a little further away. <laughs> we got these long cords. Oh my god, I could move to. Although my headphones are plugged into this thing here, so I can't go too we far. We have been given a lot of rope, so yeah. to speak, by yeah. our producer Jen Zarati, who is not here today. Steve, we are we're flying. Well, not solo. There's two of us. This, but this is the first time we've done it on our own, folks. So uh, a we're really hoping that it records that would be good and b we hope that we can then save it send it to jen she will edit it so that you guys can hear it so if you're hearing us right now right we were successful if you're not hearing us <laughs> well just pretend this ever happened <laughs> i guess so this is episode 41 mike and uh, today we're going to talk about the uh, nhl's plans or lack of them at this time I just left that in the script from last week, by the right. way. Um, uh, we'll talk about the Jets hiring Dave Lowry, Adam's dad, as an assistant coach. We'll chat about a little golf, including Aaron Cockerell's fine performance on the Euro Tour in South Africa on the weekend, and your decision to do some uh, to try some Christmas baking. Have the fire department on standby. That's all I'll say about that for now. Are you taking requests, suggestions? Yeah, I am taking requests, absolutely. All right, good. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Okay, so the first period, let's get right to it then. Um, we were talking about it just before we started it. Uh, the NHL players and the league appear to be playing some sort of giant game of chicken right now, Mike, regarding a new season. Uh, newsflash from you. Both sides end up losing if the January 1st start uh, doesn't happen and they really lose if it doesn't start period right just to bring folks up to speed in case they don't know um, the league wants the players to uh, defer some more salary and to up the amount of escrow that's put away uh, the players gasped <laughs> at the idea of that uh, <laughs> I was chatting According with to one report yeah yeah I was chatting with Paul Wiesick uh, on a Skype call on the weekend this week, by the way, Paul is our former sports columnist and also did a podcast with me at one point. And he was laughing at that gasping <laughs> thing. We had quite a we had we had some fun with that. Paul's actually going to write a story for us this week. Oh, good. Yeah, he's going to write a story about um, a few years ago. We wrote a significant column about the sports bubble, and I don't mean the bubble where they all go and play in a bubble, the financial bubble that um, you know. Uh, all revenues had gone up and franchise values had gone up and salaries had gone up and it's just like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and it looks like that bubble has been burst. Um, he, he predicted at the time that it was going to burst for whatever reason, some other reasons. He didn't but, predict COVID? He didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. <laughs> and um, so he's going to write about how what sports might look like um, now that this bubble has been burst and, right. and what what that might look like in the future. So um, anyways, back to the NHL. What do you think? What are you hearing? Well, so I found this remarkable. It, when we sat here a week ago, I think we said at the time, this next week is going to be crucial. That's what everybody was saying. If they're going to have a season starting January 1, they got to get a deal done within the next week. That was a week ago. 
Not only is there not a deal done, Steve, I saw one report today that says Gary Bettman and Donald Fair, the, the leaders of the NHL and the NHLPA, they haven't even spoken to each other since last Thursday. Like, no rush, guys. What are they busy doing? Getting ready for I, Thanksgiving? I don't know. Are they just, I guess they're so... Is tomorrow the, Thanksgiving in this It is. Okay. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, I guess there was so much gasping going on <laughs> that, that <laughs> neither can get their air back and <laughs> and find the the way to, to make a phone call. It, it's, it's incredible to me. It's petty and it's petulant is what it is. Like... Come on, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit on one little tiny aspect. At least they're not airing their dirty laundry publicly because uh, yeah. I, yeah. and I suspect most people, would have absolutely no appetite if they were to start going at each other in a public way over money. I mean, we got an interesting letter to the editor the other day that somebody was gasping at the column that I wrote last week. Um, they misconstrued what I wrote. They, they thought that I was taking umbrage with the fact that these millionaire players and multimillionaire owners are going to lose some money. Um, that that was the hardship I was talking about. That's not what, that wasn't the point at all. In fact, I said in the column, I don't have any sympathy for either of these sides, given the realities that the majority of the general public are facing. Um, but there is hardship in the sense that the revenues are way down. I mean, there almost is no revenue in the NHL. So both sides have to find a way to make that work. I'm a little confused by this. I was thinking about this as I was driving home yesterday about the escrow and all this. Now, the way that the collective bargaining agreement is set up is that they share 50-50 in revenues, right? right? So I don't understand where the dispute is. Ultimately, they will see what the revenues are, and they'll share in it 50-50, right? And right. so the NHL wants it to be, uh, and there's no revenues right now. So isn't it just logical that the players would go, well, we can't really share half of what isn't happening right exactly. now? Exactly. And so... The way I read one way that explains it quite well, it's basically saying the owners, the owners are saying you're going to have to pay players. This this is going to come out of your earnings sooner eventually. or later. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're just trying to balance things out now rather than down the road because you're right. The equation is already in place right. to kind of keep everybody whole is the way they, they the term they use. So the players, I guess, would rather, I don't know, punt it down the road. Than like to their f future players? Is that I, how Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. Because they're that, never getting this money back. No. Like they're never getting this money no, back. No, you're not selling tickets now for the rest of last season that didn't happen. No. Or what's going to be. this right. season, yeah. So you're right. I mean, people aren't going to buy twice as many tickets to make up for what they, in fact, I would argue. They'll be lucky if they buy this is probably yeah. part of what we six yeah. gonna write about that yeah. like get ready the the real hurt might still be to come here years for sure yeah. so you're right i mean it, it just seems that's why it, this whole thing just seems stupid like if these are supposedly smart people how can they not figure this out well is it because they is it because the and i don't know all of the intricacies of it really mike i'm honest like is it because the players think that these billionaire owners have billions of dollars yeah. that they should then have to pay more? Is that? But it's already 50-50. It is. It's already a done deal that they agreed to the owners. I guess in a if you look at it just completely black and white, yeah. the players are saying, 
we're not reopening this. You just agreed to this, and yeah, yeah so we'll we'll worry true. about it later. Fine, if we have to, but for now, well, you will have to. Let's just. But as you say, Steve, maybe it's a case of some of the older guys are like, you know what? Uh, let someone else worry about. Yeah, this. I don't. I listen. I if get you're Blake that. Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do you want to give up? more of your salary now you only have a couple more years left of making money yeah. in the nhl and then you're done yeah i get it so you know i i could see that and in that sense maybe that's what the owners are sitting back waiting like they think what the union's going to start turning on each other the the young guys are going to start saying to the older guys like come on like you got to pull your share here i don't know i mean that's what often happens in these things right like they almost count on the union breaking but this should not be to the point it's at. I mean, like you said, there was a deal well, done. Is it just that they're just, you know, ultimately they'll get it done in the next week or two because it's like, what else are they going to do? I mean, sure. I mean, if they if they don't play, I mean, they're going to lose a lot more money than if they played for fifty percent, right? Do you know what I mean? And so, and that's what the owners have apparently said to the players: if we don't get this done, um, we're going to play a lot less games next year. So then, then the re- revenues are even lower than they right. were going to be, and then you're going to end up paying more anyways. Right. I saw David Poyle in uh, Nashville who uh, said yesterday, and, and you know, if this is the mindset of most owners, again, I don't know why they're not talking. He basically said, I'm good with whatever. Let's just, let's just go. Let's just get this done and, and play. We all want to play. Well, they're not really acting like they all want to play. How can right. you go almost a week without talking to There's each other? There's probably some owners, though, that just don't care. Like, sure. I mean, it's just like, whatever. Like, I, there's bigger things to worry about. Right. Here, I right? mean, owning a, a, a sports team is just one of many investments they have. And if they're just treating it like a cold, hard investment. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Other For than sure. about hockey, right? You know I mean? yeah. But you're right. I mean, <laughs> a big part of me says, well, this little stalemate, this little game of chicken. I mean, someone's going to blink or they're both going to blink soon here because it would just be absolute stupidity if they just sort of let this implode on themselves. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. So we chatted in the first period, Mike, a lot about whether the league is going to play, when they're going to play, how they're going to play, et cetera, et cetera. If they do play, uh, the Jets will have a new person coaching them or being part of the coaching team. Uh, this week, the team hired Adam Lowry's dad, Dave Lowry. Um, he replaces Todd Woodcraft. Um, an interesting hire for a number of different reasons. My first thought, uh, I got to tell you, is when I heard that uh, the Adam Lowry's dad was going to be hired, and I wrote about this in my playbook this week or whatever, is that I thought about, working for my dad and i was like oh my god um that would no, not have gone well no that no <laughs> um listen everybody has different relationships with their dad but as a guy with a dad i mean there's always there's always something right? what if you were I mean? being paid more than your dad well adam lowry's making i guarantee well, you more, adam yeah. lowry's making way more way money more, than yeah. dave lowry but dave lowry's in the position of authority over adam lowry yeah there's just it's just i you know it's only been done once before uh, in the NHL. In the NHL, well, only once, uh, only once in in baseball, and only once in basketball. So it's only been done once before, and never I couldn't find a instance of it ever happening in, in the NFL. Lots in the college football, right? Um, 
but and lots of siblings and oh yeah there's lots of that do you know what i mean and there's, right. there's even father-son coaching like the shulas and some other ones that i found or whatever but uh it's just it's it's rare um and it got me to thinking there might be but there's a reason that it's rare um maybe just because the circumstances don't come up that there's a coach and a, and a, and a kid playing right. at the same time or whatever but um i don't know it just He's a qualified coach, but do you need all this noise? Like, do you, do you Yeah, well, you're right. I mean, and it's interesting that he said, and clearly they would have done this, that they actually, like Adam Lowry signed off on this, which is interesting, that they went to him and said, are you okay with this? And Straight up, by the way, I like Dave Lowry as a coach way better than I like Adam Lowry as a player, by the way. <laughs> Just well, say, just saying. Dave Lowry might just outlast saying. Adam oh, Lowry. Dave I, I Lowry, hope so. I assume he's got probably at least a three-year deal. That's usually what they bring guys in on. Yeah. Adam Lowry's only signed for one more year in Winnipeg. Adam he's Lowry a has not really panned out. Adam in my Lowry opinion. should be the fourth-line center of the yeah, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. As a third-line center, he doesn't score. Like no. if he could score, I, I listen. He's he's mean. He's tough. He's Got good characters, great personality guy. And that line, especially when they had Cop and Tanev, like that was a really good shutdown good line, line um, that you could, uh, but, they, but they, they didn't they have any score. offense. No, they, they, they tilt the ice though, but yeah, and keep the other team from scoring, I which guess. which you sort of need. Um, by the way, credit to, I don't know if it was Darren Hargraves or who wrote our headline on my story the other day. One of the best yeah, headlines nice one, yeah. we've had, Jets add some pop to the lineup. I love that. <laughs> I, I It wasn't good. I think Rob Nodell did it, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah that was that was clever. So um, I agree. Uh, Dave Lowry is very qualified. The guy has, uh, he's had two runs in junior and a very good season with the Brandon Wheat Kings last year. Uh, he's been an assistant in the NHL twice before with the Kings and the Flames. He coached Canada's World Junior Team a few Poorly. years ago, although they, they were terrible that year. Yeah, they were, yeah. You'll actually look at their roster. I'm not sure how they, I think they didn't even make it out of the... They finished sixth. Right. Yeah. They had some good players that year, and there's a lot of people that said he underachieved with that roster. Maybe it was the roster that underachieved, but... Um, Here's why I'm not a huge fan of the hire, Steve. It has nothing to do with his qualifications or even the father-son relationship. I worry that Dave Lowry is cut from the exact same cloth as Paul Maurice, as Jamie Compon. Like it Charlie is Charlie Hetty. Charlie Hetty. They're they're all old school guys. They're they're where's the where's the new age thinker, the innovator, and the guy that uh, Dave Lowry is replacing, Todd Woodcroft would have checked off some of those boxes younger guy much more into the modern game you know he was the the eye in the sky woody as everybody called him would sit up in the press box with us for the first two periods uh observe and then he'd go into the room after two periods and no doubt share some of the things he saw then he'd be on the bench for the third which was i thought was an interesting arrangement so you've replaced that with a guy that might as well be paul maurice's clone like a hard-nosed, old-school guy. And I just wonder, I mean, Steve, you know more than in management, in anything, like is surrounding yourself with more of the same kind of voice, is that necessarily a good thing? Well, it's affirming. <laughs> yeah. But do you need a, does Paul Maurice need a I yes man? I love chatting with people who agree sure. with me. Yeah. But does Paul Maurice need a, another yes man? I suspect that there's a few of those already in that room. Which I, So it, it got me to thinking, like, so, I mean, Paul Maurice, listen, always sounds like the smartest guy in the room. He's super, super articulate. 
He's, he, I mean, he, he should he should be in politics the way that he'll spin something or right. whatever to make it look a certain way. He was so, very good as a broadcaster yeah, when he was, he was on TSN. Super yeah. good, and 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 probably you know obviously is a you know knowledgeable, qualified coach in the NHL. Is he is, but is he any good really? Do you know what I mean? Like, I you know I I'm 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 not a huge fan of what he's accomplished as a coach. Um, I like him. And so I'm always, you know, there's an incongruence to him or whatever, right? I mean, he's likable yeah. and all of that, and he's stable and experienced. And, and I liked know, what I, he did last season with the Jets team more than what he's done, say, certainly the the year before when they were kind of the 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 semi trailer spinning out of control, and he and nobody could stop it. Right. This last year, of course, well documented. We won't go over it. All kinds of adversity thrown their way, and I thought he did a pretty good job of kind of managing the day-to-day -day and keeping everybody in the room, you know, in the mindset that they had to be. And he had, they had a lot of curveballs. Now, granted, he looked a lot smarter as a coach because he had the best goalie in the NHL. Yep. Uh, that'll make any coach look really good. Um, so, you know, I don't think heading into this new season, uh, I don't think Paul Maurice has to have a breakout year in order to save his job. I'd actually argue maybe Kevin Chevaldeoff is under more pressure than Paul Maurice in the short term because uh, it's up to Kevin Chevaldeoff to kind of fix some of those holes that exist. And I, I often hear people say, "Well, let's you know, let's let's stay the course." And they're super loyal, and there's it's good to be loyal to people and just stay with what you've got. And I've heard comparisons like, "Look at what Nashville did with David Poyle and Barry Trotz, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, right. In the years. Now, if if I was going to trade straight up, who would you take, David Poyle or Cheval Dayoff or Barry Trotz and, and uh, Paul Maurice? That comparison needs to stop because, For sure. frankly, in my mind, those two guys that were in Nashville and now Trotz with the Islanders and, and, and Washington before that is way better than yeah. the two guys here. It's interesting that Dave Lauer revealed Paul Maurice tried to recruit him actually four years ago uh, at the draft in Buffalo in 2016. And at the time... Dave Lowry said, he he basically said, thanks, but no thanks. And a part of that was because of his son, Adam. He, Adam Lowry had only played two full years in the NHL, was still kind of finding his way. And interesting that Dave Lowry said, um, I didn't feel that it was fair to Adam Lowry or the organization. And now four years later, and in that time, he went and became an assistant in Los Angeles and then with the Wheat Kings for a year. He now says everybody's in a different place and, and now it's going to work. I guess we'll see. Like I said, I, I, I would have liked a little more outside the box thinking on, on the latest hire because uh, I just worry that you're just kind of like we see what social media is, like what your Twitter feed is, is kind of a bit of an echo chamber, right? You curate your feed. I worry that maybe... Maybe they've curated the coaching staff to be a little too similar. And when it comes to, you know, thinking outside the box or coming up with new ideas, I wonder how many of that is going to be in the room. All right, folks, we are back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. This is the period that's kind of, we commonly refer to as the Et Cetera part, the non-Jets part. Mike, um, you did a story this week about Aaron Cockrell, the golfer. I got a number of emails, by the way, from golf fans, people that I even, some folks that I used to play golf with at Niaqua, thanking us for that. Oh, good. One guy wanted credit, Carl, if you're listening, 
for us coming up with the idea of doing the story because <laughs> he suggested it three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, this is how it works, folks. When people actually do something, then we do a story on them. So Cockrell finished fourth at an event in South Africa on the Euro Tour, won 60 grand Canadian. Is that what he won? 62 grand 62 Canadian, grand yeah. Canadian. So um, yeah, he's having a uh, he's having a good season. He's playing well, obviously. Um, three ninety one now on the world golf ranking and three ninety one. Okay, yeah, I mean that's he was. Uh, he did was you in, check to see what uh, Natchek ever was? I did. What was the highest he was ever? Two oh four. That's it. He was just two oh four. He that's only was two oh four. Yeah, okay. and that came in two thousand and two okay. after a tie for eighth at I believe it was the BC Open. He rose to two oh four. And then slowly began to. So yeah, I mean, uh, Aaron Cockrell's not the highest rank Manitoban, but he's starting to work his way. And he was in the two thousands at the beginning of last season, so he's rising rapidly. Um, he just made in one weekend, Steve, more money. This is incredible to me. More money in one tournament than he made in five years playing the McKenzie Tour up here in Canada. Wow. He made $37,000 combined in 38 events that he played. And he just made 62 grand in one weekend. Like that's, I mean, some athletes you'd say 62, that's not life-changing money. I'd say for Aaron Cockrell, that is potentially life-changing certainly money. helpful now golfers make money not just in prize For money sure. they, sponsorships a, a lot of their money actually more money even the top golfers in the world actually will make more money um off the course than they will on the course right. their sponsorship deals are lucrative for sure i don't imagine though a guy like aaron cockrell has very lucrative i mean he has no, some he'd deals still have a deal though he'd have sponsorship yeah. deals even he just has some sponsors i know uh, george sigurdsson i believe you know george right i uh, know of him i've never met I think him he's yeah. one of aaron's sponsors there, there's some local sponsors that are kind of yeah have been helping aaron out here yeah. um i'll tell you what i was mo my takeaway I, I interviewed him on the phone the other day from south africa that's where uh they'll get underway tomorrow almost like you were there I wish I was there, Steve, because he's telling me I love wild animals, especially like in, in the wild. I'll watch any program about, you know, exotic. And he's telling me the four-hour drive from Johannesburg to Madeleine, I think, is where this week's tournament is. Him and his fiance, who's caddying for him, um, they, he's telling me they saw, they saw elephants, they saw lions, wow, like nice. uh, giraffes as they're driving through the countryside. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my basement, looking out the window at my snowy backyard and all the travel that we can't do. And I'm just thinking, man, do, did I, I ever wish that I was where Aaron Cockrell is right now? He's living the life. And not surprisingly, I said to him, like, you still want to get to the PGA? And he's like, yeah, but honestly, I'm I'm more than happy. How old out is here. he now? Twenty eight. Yeah, he's still so, got time. Yeah, but I mean, hearing the kind of life he's living, right? Why would you want to give that up to just go trek around the U.S. and like, if you can make a good living out there, my goodness, that that's the way to go for sure. Uh, as I wrote in the piece, he's kind of taken the road less traveled a bit, the the less conventional route to the PGA, but when that road is filled with lions and elephants and giraffes my goodness i'd yeah, stay nice, on that road for a while for nice sure. gig yeah how was your golf game this season so i played more this year than i've played probably in over a decade i played i think 11 rounds this year and okay. it um 
believe it or not, I'm still I'm still using the same golf clubs that I had as like a teenager when I played a lot. Yeah, I need new clubs. I told my wife that's my pro- I'm going to get new clubs for next year because I wow. want to play a lot more next year. Okay. I'd like to play at least 20 rounds next year because I kind of I found that I sort of fell back in love a bit with golf this year, just playing it. Um, not that I really fell out of love with it. I just d- wasn't doing it very much. And this year just had a little more time on my hands, I guess, to, to play it. And I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'm, I want to get some new clubs. Um and I should sell you mine. Mine are sitting downstairs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're a righty, right? I am. Yeah. I got a nice set of ping clubs. Uh, they were custom fit, actually. So, but you could still get them. There was there was a time when I actually played a little golf, Mike. It's been but a while you've now. talked about possibly, you know, yeah, picking it back up. We'll but... see. You know, I got a golf story. It's uh, And I'm going to make a little pitch here or whatever. Um, um, Kid Sport uh, launched its ninth annual Give the Gift of Sport campaign today. Um, for those for you folks who don't know what Kidsport is, it's a, a real good organization that helps get sporting equipment into the hands of um, kids that would not have uh, the means to do that. Like uh, when, uh, and I'm going to write about this tomorrow in my playbook, Mike. Um, um, when I was a kid, um, we didn't have the means for equipment, and there was a time where um, uh, they brought some golf clubs to school. I went to Dakota Collegiate and. Um, they brought some golf clubs one day to school, and we got to hit the golf balls back in the uh, back field at Dakota or whatever. And for some reason, I picked up a golf club and I could hit a ball just like straight off. Like, and it was just, it was the coolest thing. And, yeah. and so, for a kid who didn't have any, um, you know, listen, we're all, every, all kids suffer from low self esteem. Not all kids, but I did or whatever, right? And so, this was really kind of a cool thing. And, then I wanted to um, I wanted to go to this golf camp, and we couldn't afford for me to go to golf camp, right? So years later, I'm in my late 40s, and I've hacked around the golf courses for years because I never got to go to that darn golf right. camp. Okay, you were a pretty good player, though. I so what I did was I sent myself. To, now that I had my me, I had the means to yeah. do it. I I, I started to, I started to send myself to golf golf camps. I would take a lot of lessons. I would practice. Uh, I designed, I even went to a couple of golf camps or yeah. whatever, right? Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah, I got a, I, I started to play really, really well. By the time I was 50, you know, my handicap was down to seven, right? And and so I was, I was playing pretty well. And so um, maybe, I, 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 I'm not sure that I'll get the itch anytime soon. We'll see. But um, folks, listen, there's lots of kids out there that, that want to play sports and whether it's golf or whether it's, you know, or uh, or hockey or yep. football, and right now, um, obviously, you know, times are a little tougher um, for people. You know, a lot of people don't are, are not working, and they're 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 struggling or whatever. And now, kids can't go out and play organized sports, but they can still go out and play things or whatever. So, I'm I'm making a strong pitch on this podcast today to help out with kids' sport. That's great. We. Um we, I mentioned in the last podcast, we recently renovated and cleaned out our basement. Um, among that, we had a ton of old hockey equipment, both from my son's playing years and my daughter's. Uh, we ended up donating a bunch of it, well, everything that was still in good shape to what used to be Nietzsche Commons on Main Street. They're now running a, a thrift shop and they were, we, we donated a bunch of stuff to them. They were absolutely thrilled at the hockey equipment that we gave them skates, shoulder pads, pants, like in multiple sets of all. Uh, because they said, they told us that, that there's a bunch of kids now that they will outfit 
And so oh, I would cool. encourage anybody, you have that Never old equipment run. sitting around, whether it's golf, hockey, whatever. Yeah, I got these golf clubs sitting there. I've been thinking about <laughs> donating them, but I, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. I got a bunch of golf shoes. Maybe I should give away. <laughs> I got too many shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. I'm looking forward to this one a lot because um, there's nothing I like more, Mike McIntyre, than dessert. Um, <laughs> I still laugh at that guy who emailed us a few weeks ago and talked about our food cast. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to have one here a little bit. Yeah. So um, you're thinking of attempting some Christmas baking. Um my wife thought I was kidding the other day when I said, you know So what? you're on the spiel, though, to lose, like, you've I lost know. 75 pounds. I know. And, and you look great, by the way. Thanks. Um, I did tell my wife I'm going to bake, and she's like, why would you, you're not even eating it. I said, right it's going to be for you guys, oh, for I her see. and the kids. Are you going to be able to, with, with, like, not be tempted? Well, so I did find, actually, there's, there's, because I'm on the Weight Watcher online plan. Weight Watchers has a great app, and there are some Christmas baking Weight Watcher friendly recipes that I found. Are they keto or something? No, there's like because so, there's lots of keto baking. Yeah, you know? I don't so know there's if you know like that. sugar substitute in some cases, yeah. or using yeah. egg whites instead. Yeah. So I I Kinda found keto. some. So I I may dabble in some of what I make. I'm not going to make all Weight Watcher friendly. I'll make some you know sugar heavy stuff as well for the family. But like yeah. what? Like what? What are you going to make? I'm just because you could bring me some, you know. I could absolutely. I so I went to Natural Bakery yesterday just to get a couple loaves of bread, and they have a whole display of Christmas cookies. And my goodness, there's about twenty different kinds. They're oh. little mini ones, like just nibble sizes. Yeah, I don't. You know that doesn't. No, no, but any a full size cookie. Yeah, though. well, that's true because you just <laughs> eat like four of them and say. So I think I'd like to make. Some, my mom makes these. Um, I love her jam cookies. They're like. They're like little shortbread cookies that have jam in the middle and then icing and sprinkles that are sort of a, um, you know, I even found a recipe for fudge. I love fudge, but fudge isn't really. Do you know that co-op, get this. Co -op, the gas station? Yeah. No, no. Or the yeah. store? The grocery store. Yeah. I, I don't shop at co-op that often. I, I'm, I'm a Sobeys guy, a superstore actually nowadays. But anyways, um, co-op grocery store has a fudge bar. A fudge bar. Get, seriously. My so I'm walking goodness. over. I live near Grand Park Mall. And so uh, lately I've been going for an evening walk. And um, so I, I'll walk over to the mall sometimes or whatever. And, um, and then you defeat the purpose by indulging in the fudge bar at, at exactly. your walk. Exactly. <laughs> no, I justify the fudge by going for the walk, Mike. Right. Okay, so anyways, yeah. So yeah, they got a fudge bar. It's kind of cool. Anyways. so you Reminds you me of uh, a few years ago. In an ill-fated attempt to get in shape, I started biking a lot. You would appreciate this story. Mm -hmm. So I was biking, actually, I'd often bike to Lockport. I live in the north part of the city, would bike to Lockport and back. However, my wife used to laugh at me uh, that the halfway point, once I'd get to Lockport, I'd go get a <laughs> chocolate milkshake <laughs> from, nice. from like Skinner's. Right. And then I'd like drink uh, like a big chocolate milkshake. And then I'd bike home usually with a stomach ache. Uh, and so I probably like any calories I burned by biking to Lockport and back were wasted by the milkshake, but I figured it all evens out in the end. Have you seen Kevin Roll? I'm totally on a tangent here. Kevin Rollison on our staff here does a newsletter called Uplift. And uh, by the way, folks, we have a bunch of really, really great newsletters. We do. Yeah. So go onto our website and subscribe to all of them. Mike has one. I have one. Kevin Rollison has one called Uplift. And in this week's uh, edition of it, it was talking about Manitoba's favorite desserts. And the number one dessert, and I was kind of surprised by this, was chocolate chip cookies. 
It's kind of it seemed kind it's of pretty bo- plain boring. Jane, yeah, kind of pretty like, plain yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I I haven't completely decided what I'm going to make. I can tell you what I'm not going to make, and I kind of feel like we talked about this last Christmas on the we podcast. Did. I hate uh, I'm not making Christmas cake. fruit cake. Fruit cake. It's disgusting. Can you even make that? Like who, uh, my aunt, my aunt still makes. Oh, she she does, and and people in my family love it. Uh, like so, I, the one the, the part that she gives to you, you could bring that into me too. By the way, sure, and use it as a doorstop <laughs> or a paperweight uh, because that's that's you, all it's are good you, for. Really, sorry, Auntie Bonnie. Uh, yeah, like holy Mike. <laughs> I, does I, I, no offense Bonnie to you. To this? I'm, I'm sure your fruit cake is delicious, but. Uh, but yeah, so I'll um, I'll have a better answer for it because probably in the next week I'm going to start to make and I'd like to put together like a little dessert plate and I will bring you nice. uh, a sampling of what I ultimately... Like for a podcast. For yeah. sure. We'll eat it. We, we can. We can have a taste testing. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure Keep what... the fire department, as I said, on standby. Yeah, so have me you, in the kitchen. Do you bake at all? I don't bake at all. Do you all. cook at all? I do cook a little bit, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've, I've dabbled a little more in that over the last... During the pandemic. Pascal Vincent, Moose Coach, told me yesterday he's taken up cooking during the uh, oh. the pause as well, and and he's getting better. So I feel like this is the time to kind of expand your horizons. So maybe I will try some baking. And I, I mentioned a few weeks ago I I discovered I love painting, which I didn't think I did. So maybe I'll also love baking, and yeah. maybe I'll be good at it. Maybe it will be. I I'm not a baker. I cooked all my life. Um, I had to cook as a kid yeah. uh, while my mom was out to work or whatever. And, and I've kept cooking my entire life and still do. Um, but I've never really tried baking. But um, My mom still tells a story of when I was a kid and I decided, I think I was going to make hot chocolate and I boiled milk in her kettle, <laughs> which you, I didn't know you can't do that. I destroyed her. Why no, not? I, I don't know. It, there's something about once it gets to a temperature, it actually destroys the interior oh. of the kettle. So I ruined her kettle. The smell was awful. That would have been bad. Yeah. yeah so nice try though. <laughs> so, so if, if the recipe calls for boiled milk, I will not be using a kettle, mom. Well, Mike, let's hope that you get to have some uh, cookies, some Christmas cookies <laughs> while watching hockey. Yes. Um, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes folks that about uh that's about the, all the time we have uh, today i hope that uh, we did this right i hope that it recorded and um thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you uh, or we'll hear you or you'll hear us next week take care